Havoc and Chaos, a podcast for everything dog. Oh, we're live. What episode are we on? Do you remember? Episode 13. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Unlucky. Unlucky for some. It is also the 13th of May today. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Oh, crap. Is this going to go really badly? It's not Friday, is it? No. It's Saturday. We're all right. Yeah. So, afternoon, morning, hello, listeners. Good afternoon. It's the 13th episode. Yeah, we've, we've dragged this one together, haven't we? Because we're hoping to do an interview, and then it's it's not happened. And then we've had to drag something else together to talk about. I don't want you to uh, say that. I think this is going be... <laughs> to be a good episode. Um, Just, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going <laughs> to... kind of insist that this is very well thought out. Yeah. Because we, it's, it's related to what I've been up to it recently is, yeah. as well, so... Out of like a one of them birds out the fire comes Phoenix. That's the one. The Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, flapping away. So yeah, we, we're going to have a chat about what we've been doing, and we're going to have a chat about what you've been doing, and then follow on with more about what you've been. And doing. we're going to make the episode a little bit more about that because yeah. um, I think it's a good one to to explore. So yeah. uh, before we get into that, Ian, what have you been doing? Training. Imagine it. Imagine it. Training. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we've been so we've had some lotty progress. We've got her to a point where she was struggling to work away from me. So this is this is a breakdown of a training training program. She was struggling to work away from me. Um, so we spent a day, one training session, uh, doing proactive training. So rather than searching people, passive training. She was searching areas to put stuff out, and she started to realise that whoa, there's stuff in the environment that gets me a, a reward. And then when we went back to passive training she started to realize that actually it could be anywhere in the environment it might be that lamppost it might be behind that cupboard it might be oh this person walking past me uh which has helped good so we've now had some nice some nice indications and follow-on which if you remember from last episode we're saying she was struggling to follow on what she'd indicate in the person's pocket and then not and then the person moved away a couple of steps and she'd be like oh they've gone uh and now she's following and jamming her nose into that that thing, that, that pocket, which is cool, that's what we're after. So, yeah, really, really nice uh, progress being made. We've got more training booked this next week. Um, it's working well. And funny story, we're jumping a lift in the shopping centre that we're working in. <laughs> and there's myself and one of the other guys in there, and Lottie. And we jump in, and there's a young lad and his girlfriend, and a smell of weed. And Lottie immediately pings his pocket and went, Dad! I found it. It's this young fella here. And this young fella looked at me, looking a bit worried, and blamed it on some big boys who were in the lift earlier, <laughs> which really made us laugh. We, we did chuckle about that. So, yeah, it, it proves it's working. So, yeah, we're doing all right, really pleased. If you, just just for my own curiosity, if you if Lottie pings somebody and you're off duty, yeah. what do you do? Well, you've got to remember, right? Did you reward her? No. Re- reward her with force. Yeah. Didn't reward her with a ball. She, so she did get rewarded to some extent. We are only licensed to work on a venue, work at a venue. So if, for example, as a condition of entry, you are, have to make yourself able and willing to be searched, then I can search you because it's a condition of entry. Um, if we find anything on you because it's a condition of entry, we can refuse your entry or buy you. If you find something on somebody walking around the outside of a venue, they can have what they want. Can't do anything about it. We okay. can ask them to leave the venue and leave the footprint of the venue because that's private. But I don't have powers to stop and search. So if, for example, you so if walk, you're in a lift and, he, if, and you yeah, can... if you, for example, you walk into a 
uh, an arena car park or arena plaza and you've got an ounce of weed in your pocket and the dog pings it, I can say, hey, I've got something in your pocket that you shouldn't have. And you can go, yeah. And I can go, that's, All right. that's cool. Can you leave, please? <laughs> I I've thought you were going to go, can I buy something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> only. <laughs> How much you charge? Um, if, you go to the, if, you go to the, if you go to a festival <laughs> and hang out in the car park and take Lottie yeah. and like figure out who's selling what you want. Yeah, good way to find a dealer. It's <laughs> um, to find a dealer. So, at that point, I've got no powers to stop and search. I can't do anything about no. it. Um, all I can do is ask you to leave, and we can enforce that because you're not allowed to be on those premises with something illegal in your pocket. Yeah. Only comes to the point where you're going through a door, and you're going through a search lane, and then we can say, I've got something in your pocket, and you can go, no. And at that point, my dog says, you have. Can you leave, please? Or you can hand it over, and we can allow you access. Yeah. Which is different to the police. Mm. Police have got powers of stop and search. Right. Pace. 2015, 16-ish, whatever it was, I can't remember. What if they've got reasonable doubts to suspect that you're carrying something, they can stop and search. So, yeah, okay. So, so for example, <clears throat> if you're in that car park and Lottie pings and you can't do anything about it, but someone sees that... But a constable the... happens to be passing and yeah, they can yeah. go, oh, let's have a chat. But nothing we can do. So, yeah, it proves it's working. She's getting there. She's learning. And she's become a TikTok star as well. Yeah, yeah. On, did so, nearly yeah. 100,000 views on TikTok and on, on a lot of videos. So Is it time Is it time to re-download TikTok? I don't know. If you want to see a picture of Lottie, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, but, yeah, she's doing good. She's doing good. So, we. the other thing I was going to mention this week as well, the other thing is a bit of a recommendation. Um, so, I've got a new van. Mm-hmm. got a smaller van so we can get more economy and squeeze it into car parks and things. But I've always had an issue with vents on top of cars or dog vans, you know, when you get your dog van and you put a, a blowy vent on top and they're always kind of a bit crap. Yeah. They're usually Chinese, they're usually not very well made, they usually feel a bit flimsy. And there's a company called Max Air that do like motorhome and camper um, big vents that go on top and they do a little thing called a Max Air Dome and it's really good. Okay. It's really well made. It's really well put together. You can open it, close it so it seals and you don't get drafts coming in. You can specify it with LED lighting. You can specify it. It's really good. So if you're looking to do a dog van or you've got a estate car that you keep your dogs in and you want to blow some air through it, Max Air Dog, uh, Max Air Dome Fan. Really worth a look. That is worth knowing because I want to do what you've done at some point. I want to get a little van. Yeah. Um, I'm so sick of mine now. <laughs> pretty, pretty easy to fit, um, but certainly much better quality than anything else I've seen or fitted before. Mm. I mean, you can buy, is it Fletner, the expensive ones? You're asking me like I would and they, know. They're well made, yeah. but they're expensive. Um, and I thought for the price of this one, it was pretty yeah, pretty well priced. So yeah, a bit of a recommendation if you're doing a dog fan. Sounds good. We've been up to, Sam. Uh, so last time we recorded an episode, I had an agility competition mm. the weekend. I am very sad to say that it was rained off. So, uh, agility girls, fair weather girls. Well, let's uh, let's just clarify. <laughs> I'm choking on my tea. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> that we're not fair weather. So uh, the ground was uh, too waterlogged. Yeah, it makes it's it dangerous safe. for dogs. It makes it really too. unsafe for the dogs, yeah. especially when you jump in uh, quite massive heights. Yeah. Uh, for them and they land in if they slip and they hurt themselves it's you know season over or whatever <clears throat> so um no so the agility competition was rained off That's which fun. i was really really miserable about uh, and quite sad about um but we've got another one 
uh, in June, I believe. So I've got about a month off. Yeah. Um, but I'm still going to classes. It's still nice and fun. Got another competition in June, so we'll see how that goes. You're talking about turns as well, really, weren't you? About names for turns. I was trying to. Yeah. I was trying to pretend that I was names for everything. Yeah, that I was really in, intelligent and knew what things were. So I've been learning. Been learning a turn called a. Uh, I'm going to get it wrong. I call it the ketchup, but I think <laughs> it's actually known as a ketchika. 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 Sounds like it might be Polish. It might be wrong. Sounds I might like pronounce that wrong. Like Eastern European, Polish, kind of. So it's a really, it's a really fancy little spin where you send the dog behind you, and then catch them on the other side. It's really difficult to explain, and I don't even know why I'm trying to explain. You're it. excited, aren't you? You're excited. I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed learning it. I don't know that I'm even getting it right. I might have explained it completely wrong to you, um, but I'm, uh, but I've been having a little play with those. It look good. Yeah, it yeah. does look fancy. Um, I don't know what the others are called. Uh, they've all got funny names. I just, I think they just mean turn left or turn right. But I also don't know my left and right very well. So, but if, when you, when you start looking at it, it, it it brings in a lot more thought than I'd previously given agility. Mm. In that, you know, dog's going to go over that, come back round, but come back round to the other side of you for him to send it to a particular direction rather than. Just go, hey, run after me, barking, you know, which is kind of like yeah, it's very to a layman. Not, yeah. It looks like you send your dog on that jump and then run after you're all excited. And, and to a professional, it's like, I want you to run around that jump, jump over it, scoot back across, come into my left side, ready to be sent to wherever, or my right side to be sent to wherever. So, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it is more, more complicated. Yeah, and I think even the concept, of, <laughs> even the concept when I first did it, of um, a cue that means go straight over, a cue that means turn left, yeah. a cue that means turn right, but also a cue that means turn left and go round the ring tight, round the wing tight, and then go right round the wing tight. Yeah. So there's so there's five different cues. There's probably more so far in my own repertoire. Five different cues that mean go forward over a jump, and the cues mean what direction you're heading. And do a thing afterwards. Yeah, yeah, what you're doing after that. So, which is hard. And then you've got the opposite, which is don't go forward over it, go around the back of it. Yeah. Um, which when people talk to me about the bomb dog, and they go, how many, how many things can he smell? I say it's on about. I don't know, 15, 16 yeah. odors, and they go, oh, wow, that's amazing. Well, then your agility dog, I mean, I'm, rough guess. How many, uh, fully qualified, fully fully time-served agility dog. How many cues does that dog now? I've no Dozens. Idea. I've no idea. Dozens. I don't know. My own. So <laughs> I've got the words. The, just, just to clarify, that's how many cues I know. Yeah. My dogs don't know what they mean. <laughs> yeah, well... I just yell stuff yeah. at them and hope. But, um, but when you get there, yeah. a fully qualified agility dog knows whether to jump over it and turn left, jump yeah, over it and turn yeah. right, jump over it turn right, come back all the way around, around the wing. Some of the girls that I go to class yeah. to go to go class with, they're, they're far better um, than I am at it. And I'd forget more. Yeah, but they, but you can you watch the dogs and uh, they'll the dog will be heading in one direction and they'll shout right at the dog and the dog will turn right and go to the next jump yeah. and you're like that is so impressive yeah it's nice incredible that, it? yeah yeah um, I I set off training the night we trained Lottie then I got Sarah out we trained Sarah and I spent the first fifteen minutes calling Sarah and Lottie so I'd failed because I can't even remember my own dog's name <laughs> that's not great is it I'm looking to thinking. Usually a recall's a lot tighter than this. Lottie, and she's looking at me like... I'm not Lottie. Oh, yeah. My, hard, my thing with... Because uh, I took Roxanne Havoc to the same class last week, and um, 
Roxy works really close to me. Yeah. And Havoc doesn't. Uh, not as close. And so I kept accidentally pushing him over the wrong jump because I kept standing too close to him and he can work much further away. Yeah. And it was really hard. And I have to adjust my style for, for the different dogs. I know we've talked about this before because one of the instructors got multiple dogs and she's amazing. But, um, yeah, it's really, it's really hard. Talk about that. It's, it's when we work explosive dogs, hmm. the whole idea with an explosive dog is a dog works well away from you. Because yeah. it keeps a human safe. Mm. Sad to say, dogs not expendable, but the dog is the one that's light. It works on odor rather than like looking in things. Not rummaging it. And not rummaging and works well away from from the people. So my dog has to work, you know, fifty feet, hundred feet in front. Mm. And now we're doing drugs. And the drugs don't explode. Yeah. And so it's a different search pattern for proactive. So I'd still do it a bit like Expo, but. It's, a bit weird. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Well, my dog can be with me now, and I'm like, oh, it can be with me. And I can't. Yeah, this is this is odd. And with Expo, it's like my dog's going to be away. Get on, you know, yeah. bugger off kind of thing. But yeah, it's. Uh, I know what you mean with that. It's, it's odd. It's a different in between when it's a different style yeah. of training. It's it's confusing. Yeah. Roxy would make an awful drug uh, bomb dog because she'd be like, <laughs> she'd be right close to me. Mom. Yeah, and we suddenly get on top yeah. of it, and she goes, "Oh, there is one." Yeah. See, so, yeah, just just where you're standing. Yeah. yeah. Don't move. <laughs> Um, so separately to that, I uh, last weekend, which is what's going to be the subject of today's podcast, not just me, but um, yeah. I've uh, been on holiday in Scotland. Yeah, it looked yeah. nice. It looked really good. It was wonderful. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was five women and five dogs. Five women, five dogs. Five dogs. So it's quite intense. Um, I like the film title in there, isn't it? There's like, like four weddings and a funeral. There's like five, five women and five dogs. And like it says to me, there's a film in there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we should have filmed the whole... We did basically film the whole thing. <laughs> there's a lot of reels coming out of this whole English director and cream cakes involved. This... <laughs> <laughs> so it was lovely. So we went hiking, went through some waterfalls, um, nice. went some waterfalls, went for lots... Like, cooked lots of meals in the in the lodge, went in the hot tub. What, did, what, did you, what was it you rented? It was an Airbnb. Was it an Airbnb? Yeah, it looked nice. It was beautiful. Yeah. And it was right on the lock. And um, you could just open the door and, the do- and you could run down to the water. Were they all right with so many dogs? Because I know I've rented properties before to go on holiday and they're like, two dogs? And I'm like, two dogs? This one, well, this is... quadruple that yeah. on my own. <laughs> this is why we specifically went in this one. Yeah. Because a lot of them will sort of have a limit on the dogs, but mm. this one was, was really relaxed. Cool. And the uh, friend of mine that booked it all... Um, had stayed there before, so knew so knew it was fine. Right. Um, yeah. So she'd stayed there before. Two, was it two rem- of them had stayed. Was there it before. remote from the landlord landlady's house? It was. It was a standalone house. Because I, I have this. Yeah. I have this thing. If I rent a house or a holiday cottage, or an Airbnb, I can't have it attached to the landlord's house. No. Sounds it drives me mad. I don't. I, I can't relax. Weird? I cannot relax. The, you know exactly. the weirder ones are is when you can when they're also there when they live there. Yeah. They do it where they where you can rent the room or the space and they're like I'll just be in my bedroom. All yeah. Weekend. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. No. That's stuff of nightmares. That's no, not a holiday. Even if they're in the adjoining house or barn and you're in the holiday yeah. let bit, I hate it. I always come out and I feel like I've got to be all on best behaviour. This is proper. these were these were full holiday lets because the neighbours were also um, holiday makers, right? Because they had a dog next door as well, oh, cool. but it was like an independent. Um, but we never met the dog. Oh, yeah. They said uh, they asked um, 
if they were all male? And we said yes. And she went, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) How many, out of interest, how many were male and entire? Just mine. Just yours? Just mine. Yeah. Wow. So I was the only one with an unneutered boy. Everybody else's dogs were neutered. But they all got them fine? No, (laughs) is the short answer. Uh, Yes, Uh, yes, to an extent, yes. Um, Obviously, there were a few fallouts um, Mm. having that many male dogs all in the same space, which was kind of expected, um, but nothing remotely extreme. But they all coped. They all coped really well. Yeah, there were a few grumbles here and there. Um, The odd little bicker, a little bit of guarding at times um, of various spaces and people. But nothing that was unmanageable, nothing that was sort of shocking. Brilliant. Um, yeah. In fact, two of them stayed in the same room because me, and, uh, me yeah. and one of my friends was sharing a room, so our dogs stayed in the room together. Yeah, cool. Um, and we're fine, apart from in the middle of the night, Havoc deciding he was done sleeping on the end of my bed, so just launched himself onto my <laughs> friend's bed. <laughs> Their bed's more comfortable than yeah. my bed. <laughs> Got a big surprise when her dog had a growl at him. Yeah jump back onto my bed um but yeah the funniest part was uh every time someone like got up in the middle of the night for a wee everybody's dog would wake up and be like yeah. a little chorus ah! yeah <laughs> yeah that was that, that's silly. the worst bit about having many dogs it was it was if a handful and do yeah. something i think oh, i'll go down and make a cup of tea and like and they all get up all dogs wake up. up and then you've got them all out for a week yeah. And it's like, oh, for God's sake, seven dogs trip out in the garden for a week. Yeah. Three of them find something interesting to sniff at. I think we had a good setup, though, because we, we were hiking a lot. Yeah. And so in the evenings, apart from Havoc, all the dogs were knackered. Yeah. Um, so Havoc did sleep. I'm, I'm being mean to him, but he was a little bit rudged. Um, he's asleep now. He's asleep now, yeah. Um, it's because he's been thinking hard this morning about not humping. Um <laughs> So yeah, it was really it was really yeah. nice. Did loads of hiking, uh, loads of walking around, lots of exploring. It was it was lovely. Stayed in a went to a restaurant at one point for lunch. All the dogs were settled on the table. Oh, cool! It was really nice. That's nice. We were like a we were like a proper dog mums on tour. Yeah, we kept doing the like lads on tour for all. Did the... you not all get like dog mum t shirts? You should have. We did. You did. Yeah. So uh, my friend that organised the holiday made us all jumpers uh, and they had a little, little slogan that said dog mums uh scotland of scotland scotland 2023 that's yeah cool. it's in there i can show you later that's cool it's really nice jumper um excellent anyway so that's what i've been up to and i think that'll take us into part two and the main crux of the podcast we're yeah. going to talk about how to prep for a holiday with your dog yeah and it's going to be thoughts. fun. Yeah, thoughts. Thoughts and ideas. Let's take us into part two. Yeah. And so, we're back. And we're back. Oh, sorry, again. Blah, 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 blah. You stop. Blah, blah, blah. Um, okay. So we're back for episode 13. We're going to talk about prepping for a holiday. Yeah. So before you are prepping for your holiday, the first thing to think about is, is your dog coming with you? Should you even take them? Yeah. Ian, would you take your dogs on holiday? Take them everywhere. Do you? Yeah. Where'd you go? Um, we've got a cottage in Wales. We've got a cottage. Is that a holiday? Yeah, too. is that a holiday? It's kind of like a busman's holiday, really, isn't it? Well, no, we do take the dogs. We've taken when we didn't have a cottage. We took them away. Yeah. Probably not now, because we've got seven. But seven dogs on holiday. It sounds like a nightmare. Not too many. Five was enough, though. 
It depends on how many adults per dog, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. It? <laughs> that's the thing. It, yeah, it, it, that's too many. I do need facilities for my dogs now. <laughs> right, so first thing to think about, should you take your dog? So what are some of the things that you would encourage people to consider before they decide to take their dog away? How many have you got? <laughs> <laughs> so just, just on that note, post-COVID... The, the increase in people going on holiday within the country is yeah. has in, increased dramatically. So there's so many more people that go away with their dogs now. But also, especially with like social media, Instagram culture, things like that, people, taking yeah, your dog, yeah, yeah people, people taking their dogs on holiday. a cafe and have little, they want to have photos little with Fido the sitting on the, on the curb with a puppuccino, with a puppuccino like we did. Oh, we're as guilty as an ex-man. I love it. I, I find it really fun. But um, definitely there's this there's this pressure to have this perfect Disneyland dog that yeah. is good with all people, all dogs, yeah. all scenarios. Doesn't steal food off the table in cafes. Yeah, not stealing food off the table. Yeah, not guarding food mm. when you're in cafes, things like that. Um, good with livestock, good with, you know, new places. Uh, bark and make a dick of itself. Doesn't bark and make... Yeah, so there's lots and lots of things to consider. <clears throat> um, also, you. I mean, if you've got a dog that's slightly stressful, do you want to... Holly's supposed to be when you have some downtime and rest and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Whereas if your dog's hard work, maybe you need a weekend away dog-free. From and them. Relax. And yeah. Yeah. So if you're going... On and not holiday, feel guilty about doing that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people go, oh, I'm not doing that because I'd feel guilty leaving my dog behind. And I feel like a proper dog mum would take it with me. When in reality, chill out. You yeah. Know, maybe you need some space. Well, shall I give my own example for that then? Yeah. So uh, this weekend in Scotland, five women, five dogs. We all had a dog each. Now, listeners... Well, you've got two dogs. Listeners will know that I have two dogs. Ah. I only took one dog with me. Yeah. The other one had her own holiday with a friend's husband who basically took her for walks every day, took her to the pub in the evenings. She had lots of social fun. What a nice chap. What a nice chap. He um, he got a creative beer as a thanks. Um, <laughs> but um, she had That's a lovely time. That's all That's all he worth, creative beer. No, she had a lovely time. But um, it was difficult to justify it to myself at first because I did feel like a bad dog mum. Mm. I wanted to take her with me. But some of the things I wanted to consider were there were five of us going on this holiday and each of us were taking a dog. I could have took both of mine, um, but there were going to be five young male dogs in the house all together, play fighting, wrestling, running around. Which would Roxy prefer, being somewhere calm yeah. or being in the circus that you took away on holiday? So not to say she wouldn't have been absolutely fine but she probably wouldn't have enjoyed it that much. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, for me, suggested I shouldn't really bring her because Roxy very often, even when I have lots of uh, friends around, lots of people around, she'll sort of stick around for maybe five or ten minutes and then she'll wander off upstairs and take herself to bed. She does it when I take her to my mum's house. She does it, you know, all the time. She always wanders off. It would have been really hard for her to find quiet time or space that whole weekend with a with a house full, little dogs running around, loads, again, loads of barking. And again, it leads to bad behaviour on her side, because, well, it's not bad behaviour, it's behaviour that deals with the five male with... dogs being idiots, but then she ends up stressed. She ends up stressed. Now we all know well, badly yeah. and causing more stress, which yeah. then ruins relationships and so on. She, she's... She's very good and she's very tolerant, but when Roxy gets stressed, she does. She's she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She snaps. She's flipped. And once yeah. she's flipped, it can take a couple of weeks to get her back to being settled again. Yeah. Um. Her separation anxiety comes back. 
she gets more reactive um, and no one would know that meeting her because I carefully manage her and she's a wonderful dog and she's very carefully <laughs> managed but I know that once she snaps I have to then be incredibly careful for the next couple of weeks yeah. to make sure that she is able to get back to her nice happy normal self. The second part of that is that the holiday was for hiking, hiking through the Scottish Highlands and they don't keep their sheep in fields. In no, they don't even have fences. They don't have fences anywhere. There's what bloody is? sheep everywhere. Now again, I, yeah, again, Roxy's not a danger to sheep, but she'll absolutely take off after one um, if I'm not keeping a careful eye on her. I could have long-lined her, which I very re- regularly do in the Peak District when I go hiking with her. She's on a long line. Imagine Roxy on a long line with five other dogs and five women. She'd be clotheslining everybody. Yeah. I'd be finding it stressful trying to keep... Because she'd have to wear it. Whether there was sheep there or not, she'd have to have it on just in case. So, it, again, you've just, you've just stitched another layer of stress into that, yeah. that time when you're supposed to be relaxing. It's stress for me. I'd and if been, you've got the option where you can send her to somewhere nice... Yeah. Friendly kennel, boarding kennel that you know, stay with a friend. Yeah. I used to it. Uh yeah, and and it's worth it's worth mentioning she would have she would have been fine. Mm. But the level of stress for both me and her wasn't necessary and so I didn't do it. If I had no other options, she would have come with us and we would have made it work and it would have been fine. But the whole point was that I could relax and she could relax. Um, And so this was a better option for us. So when you are deciding whether to take your dog or not, I think some of the things you want to think of is what is the environment like? How many people are you going away with? How many dogs are you going away with? Uh, Is the area renowned for being dog friendly? Is the area known for... Yeah, so in Scotland, everything's dog friendly. But if you were going somewhere further south... City break, not quite so much. So the best place I've been for dog friendly, Northumberland. Oh, really? Northumberland. Absolutely amazed how many cafes were dog friendly. Yeah? Cafes and little restaurants, yeah. Do you know where else is mega dog friendly? Where is that? Edinburgh. Really? There's a really, really dog-friendly city. Yeah, Yeah, one of the most dog-friendly cities. Um, Obviously, there are some places that aren't. Mm. But, um, yeah, you can just wander around the city centre. So, should you take your dog? Big question, Mark. What are you going to do? What are you planning? Can you amend your your plan to fit your dog in and make it a dog-friendly holiday? Or would you be better doing that city break that you were looking forward to? But finding a nice kennel for yeah. your dog and having a bit of time when you can enjoy yourself and have some R and R prepping for your trip. You know, special preps. So I think some of the things worth considering is if you're going to take your dog away, is have they ever travelled that far? Yeah, and that's when... a good point actually. Because yeah. I, I get blasé about this because my dog's travelled bloody miles. Yeah. But if your dog doesn't travel very far and you suddenly go, "Hey, dog, jump in a car. Where are we going, Dad?" Oh, it's 400 miles to Scotland. <laughs> Jeez, that I've been in here ages. Yeah. Yeah. So can they? So for for the most part, if you're going to travel that far, you want to make sure first of all your dog is okay in the car. And when we say okay, no, okay, okay, not I can cope with a. I'm panting like crazy. Yeah, and dribbling. I'm, dri- I'm dribbling. You have to <laughs> towel me down when I get there. But we're only driving 20 miles to nearby woods. Versus, like you say, being in a car yeah. all day and plenty stops as well. I was fine. I plenty forget to that. I, yeah. I'll I'll do, you know, two hundred, three hundred miles in a run. But then you think, actually, the dog won't. The dog wants to get in the service station and stretch its legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah makes you I, I think it's the most terrifying thing ever. Getting them out in the service station. God, I hate it. I hate it. I always look at it and think, there's a motorway. There's a live motorway, hundred yards away. 
There's a service station surrounded usually by fields. The dog's never been here. There's loads of things to panic it. What if? So I'm going to tell you so something. rescues go missing in service stations. You know, when people hand over us. That's because they're terrified and they don't know yeah. the people. And oh, I'm going to tell you something really I don't worry. I, I always worry. So we, we did stop, obviously, at a lot of service stations on the way up and on the way down. We'd get the dogs out. They'd have a little wee. They'd have poo, whatever. Um, have a little wander around. Um, on the way back, uh, I went nipped in first, came back to the car, and then the other two girls went off to the into the service station. So the their dogs were in the car. I was just out of the car with Havoc on the grass, and uh, I had him off lead. In the service station? In the service station car park. So mine would be, I think mine would probably be all right. I won't know they would, because I can tip them out. I can tip them out off lead in a busy arena car park, yeah, and, and then be like, I love what we're doing. It was probably naughty of me, but um, it was probably a little dangerous, but the only he was on lead at first, and he was being really responsive, and there was like a stick in the ground, poking out the ground. It was for dogs to cock their legs on, basically. It's a little dog piece thing. Yeah. So I thought, oh, do you know what? While we're waiting, I'm going to do some uh, go-round training. Be a little <laughs> legit. Just basically send away to the pee stick. I was sending, I was doing little sendaways with him, and uh, and we was doing fabulous. And there were other dog walkers like letting the dogs toilet, and he was doing this, and he was beautiful, and he was doing really well. And we only did it for a couple of minutes, popped him back on a lead. But I thought, oh, he's so good, yeah, he's so good. But yeah, uh, you know, having what's your dog like around? Well, because you're going to make the stops. Is your dog reactive to traffic? Mm. Do they are they? Yeah, okay it's always busy. You, wherever you stop at a service station, it's yeah. going to be busy. Yeah. Will so, your dog actually go to the toilet as well? Oh, yeah. I used to have this one. Which one was it? It might have been Chaos, actually. Yeah. And when we went to Wales, we'd, we'd always get an A55, and we'd always get to a particular place, and the dogs were like, I want to wee. And the number of times we stopped and got out. Did they say it in that accent? They didn't want to wee now. <laughs> and the number of times we stopped and got out, and she went, can't wee here. <laughs> there's cars and we'd end up driving like off the main road and then up a little road and then up a little little tiny road and then to a farm gateway where there's some grass and no traffic and oh can we this is all what right. a nightmare that's right. horrendous Side of the road. i can't we dad there's cars there's people watching i think it's very very taken for granted your dog's ability to cope with first of all long distance travel yeah. but also um peeing in new places uh, yeah. and under stress under stress yeah. cars everywhere motorbikes rumbling engines yeah. uh you know people running around all the rest of it so yeah um crate training for those yeah. situations can your dog sit in a crate for a couple mm. of hours see i find crate training I'm, I'm, I'm we had a conversation before we started recording the podcast and for me, crate training. I think you called me an thing. idiot, didn't you? I, I think it might have. Um, <laughs> because if your dog's crate trained, you can take it to a safe place. You can take his bedroom on holiday with you, which I think is fantastic. Because then when you get to that rental property and you think, oh, God, I hope my dog doesn't tear the place up, you can get there and pop his bedroom up. And the dog goes, oh, my God, this is, this is my room. But obviously, you've got to have not only room for the dog in, and whatever you use in the car for, for it to travel in the car, you have to have, have room for the crate and bedding and all the stuff that goes with and mm. but i for me I, I love crate training for that you can take your dog to places and they can feel comfortable and safe which is that is good. another very good reason why not that it would have affected this particular holiday because the dogs were with us they were never left yeah but roxy historically with her separation anxiety 
um, isn't very well crate trained at all. Mm. She does these days get in a crate voluntarily, but I would never leave her locked in one because I wouldn't want a regression. And yeah. so that's just a that's a factor that I always um, keep in mind. Is she wouldn't really settle in a crate, although she does travel in a crate in the car very well. But I think it's because she knows what's happening mm. and it's something that's been practiced a lot. She will also sit in the crate in the car for up to an hour, an hour and a half where necessary without having a breakdown. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that's tough. Um, but yeah, crate training is important. Um, but yeah, I was saying to you when you were like, anyone that doesn't crate train their dog is yeah. a deer. And I went, well, mine aren't. <laughs> and as well, safe, safe space in a car. We've, we've got kids. I remember going away with kids and you've got like kids kits piled everywhere, mm. camping kit piled everywhere. Your dog's got to have a safe space in that car as well. Assuming you're going by car and not by bus, in which case that's totally nuts. That's totally nuts. But assuming, it might be fun, that. Just a backpack and a dog. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine it? it? Sounds perfect. Assuming you're going by car, make sure that they have got a crate or a car carrier of some kind in the car because last thing you want is for a dog to be sat on a pile of wobbly camping equipment and mm. beds and God knows what, walking about, nowhere safe. The other thing about should you take your dog as well, is the place you're into got, has it got dog-friendly things? Are you planning to do things which aren't dog-friendly? If you've got like a castle and Disney World and, I don't know, an exhibition that you want to go and see that aren't dog-friendly, you've got to have a plan for that. I, th- I think if you're going to... Gonna... You can't rock up and just leave a dog in the car these days because hey, cars get hot. And people, even if it's in winter, people see a dog in a car and go irate about it. Even when the dog's not suffering, people don't cope well. <laughs> people so, don't cope well with it. People don't cope well. Do-gooders don't cope well. You've got to be very careful these days, haven't you, with stuff like that? Yeah, I think if you're going to take... Going back to that, should you take your dog, though, if you know that on your trip you're going to have excursions that the dogs can't go on, should you even take your dog? Yeah. Or find somewhere local to board your dog. Just for that day, a, maybe. If you're going to coast, you're going to Bridlington, and you're going to get to some, I don't think there's exhibitions in Bridlington, are there? But, you know, <laughs> um, if you're going to get somewhere where you can't take your dog because it's oh, not dog friendly. Maybe you're going to the Eden Centre. Yeah, you can't actually take your dog to Eden Centre. Can take you? mine, yeah. You can't take him inside the domes. Well, then that's the whole point. Yeah, well, there's millions of acres of garden. I don't care. If I'm going to the Eden Centre, I'm going in a dome. Well, you can't take your dog in there. Well, you can walk your dog around the dome. That's a nice so you can, example. So you can swap over if you've got a family. Because my dog's a big... I travel alone, don't I? Oh, right. But, uh, but, yeah, think about it. Is there somewhere locally where I can board my dog? Yeah. Possibly for that day when I want to take it. You know, kids are like, kids are like, I want to go to that thing, Dad. And you're like, oh, kids, dog, kids, mm. dog. Or that beach that's not dog friendly. Do you know, a friend of mine who's holidays with the dogs a lot uh, has like an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, enclosed fields around the country. Really? <laughs> so when she goes away, she can hire the enclosed field for, you yeah. know, for yeah. one of the days smash, just to let them... Smash the dog around it and yeah. wear it out. Yeah. Because her dogs, because her dogs stay on the lead yeah. a lot, a lot of the time um, because they're uh, husky types. Yeah. So she'll, so they're on the lead a lot of the time. It's like maybe one of the days... They'll get an enclosed field somewhere locally and just let them bomb around for a bit, and then they get that they get that that sort of exercise. Yeah. So that's a nice uh, a nice thing to consider. So when you are going away and you have decided to take your dog and you are comfortable that they're crate trained and they're safe in the car and they're safe to be left at home, when you're out in these new places, have you considered what kit you might need? Yeah. So what do you what do we mean by kit? Well, for me, it starts with a crate. What a good idea. 
I think it's a stupid idea. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, crates, bedding, always spare bedding. You can guarantee when your dog gets stressed when you take it on holiday, it'll get the runs. You guarantee when you take it on the beach and drink seawater, it'll get the runs. And they do because they're stupid. So... <laughs> Do you know what else they do? Do you know what else they do when you're on, on holiday and you haven't prepared for it? <laughs> Go on. Is uh, they get on all the furniture in the Airbnb and they and they shed. Yes, like, they do the because they're stressed because it's a stressy situation. It's a new place. Go, oh God! And so you've got this dog that normally at home sheds a little bit and you take it away and it sheds like it ought to be sheared. Yeah. Um, havoc, havoc lost a whole dog's worth of fur. Like, for me, I in my van I have a kit. I have wipe up kit. So yeah. I've got a, a couple of packs of wipes and I've got a roll, kitchen roll. Do you know what else I have? I have bin bags. Because mm. then when I look at that piece of vet bed or that blanket they've been sleeping on and they've had the squits on and puked on, what I normally do is I roll it up, pop it in a bin bag and I throw it away. And <laughs> <laughs> get more people. To hell with taking it and trying to clean it when I'm in a position where I've got no washing machine. I'm, I'm, I'm been... But just think ahead. You know, if your dog does drink seawater, dear God, don't let him. But if your dog does drink seawater... It's horrific. I it's tend to really take horrific. a like a so, two litre bottle of water with yeah. me and for every sort of bit of seawater that's drunk. They have to drink a gallon of yeah. water and try and like. So yeah, think about that. You've got to think about water. You've got to think about food. Do you know how much food a dog gets through in a week's holiday? Where I told me, just look at a big sack, and when you go, I've, I when I go away, and I've normally got an average four dogs. We did a five day stint the other day. I went through so much food. <laughs> <laughs> we ran out. <laughs> It's but, uh, it's amazing once you once you portion yeah. all the food up for the five days and you go yeah. oh my god this more, is, more yeah. stuff for the dog than people first aid kit yes good first aid kit uh, very minimum get some dressings and get some vet wrap because you can patch most things up with vet wrap and a dressing until you find a vet and of course you've already looked on the uh, the old internet to find out where the vets are where you're going. Because that makes sense, especially if you're in the wild of Scotland, where there might not be a vet for 40 miles. That's very sensible. I tell you what, that wasn't a thought that even crossed my mind. I'm absolutely yeah. sure that the friend that organised the trip... Possibly did. Probably when, did that. When I worked for um, GSS, mm. one of the companies that, that supplies explosive and drug dogs, um, on the ops plan for each job, there is a local 24-hour vet. Oh, that's They good. always check and they always make sure that you've got that because what can go wrong? Everything. You take your dog to a new place, there might be drops, there might be sharp things, there might be plants, there might be snakes because yeah, this is yeah. Scotland, you know, there might be adders. And there's so many eventualities where you might need a vet. So I'd always just have a quick look on that Google and don't wait until you're desperate in, in the middle of the night to think, I know a local vet is. That's very sensible. That. Not um, considered that. Ticks. Get a tick kit as well. We did have those, and we used them as well. I found one on Yeah, they're horrible little blighters. We were sat prizing ticks off somebody's dog in a car park in whole the other night. Yeah. Yeah. But for, watch some videos on YouTube how to use them, because they're not easy when you've got a squirming dog, and it's the first time you've used it. But get a tick kit and make sure you can use it, because when you take your dog on that Heathland or Moorland or whatever. So a couple of the couple of the girls that I was away with had never seen a tick before. Yeah. They'd not seen one on their dogs before, so everyone was a little bit stressed. Like we were checking. Yeah. We also, um, and this is, I think, really important. But everybody was checking their dog after when we got home every evening. Everyone would sit for maybe half an hour. But how cool is that? After the how session. cool is that for dogs? The dogs are like we've had a day out on the beach or in the, in the hills or whatever, running. I'm a bit knackered. 
And now Mum's giving me like an all of a body massage. This all is body massage. cool. Checking yeah. between between the pads, in the ears, under the belly, yeah. in the armpits. Especially the, the big, big white fluffy one. Big white fluffy oh, was hard, yeah. But um, but she's a she's an, an expert at looking for them. Honestly, she's so good. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'd spend every evening checking the dogs over, make sure that there mm. were no ticks on them. Um, I did find one on Havoc, so we had a little gather around. Guys, anyone that's not seen a tick, come and watch me remove it. Yeah. Use a little tick squirmy thing. Everyone, obviously, very responsible dog owners. So we we uh, so the the girls that had not seen one before, first of all, sort of showed them what it looked like, and then we stuck the tweezers in, did the little twisty thing, tick fell off, um, and everyone felt loads more relaxed after. Yeah. Like, oh, we know what we're looking for. We know how easy it is to get them off. But it was uh, yeah, it was lovely. We were, in hindsight, we're all a little bit obsessed with our dog. Really? So five five girls and took a holiday with five dogs. Yeah. And and made jump get me if I'm wrong, made jumpers to commemorate the dog mum event. So yeah. Dog Mums Scotland. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. And then you look around and notice that you're mildly obsessed. We're a little bit obsessed, aren't we? Really? Yeah. Yeah, no I thought I'd never crossed. Someone my brought someone brought a um a, a dog dryer. Oh god, so, the dog blower. Yeah, so that we could check the fur, check through the fur yeah. for ticks each evening. Yeah. So you blow the fur and have a look. Fantastic. We're, what what a what, what a, a what a breakthrough. Organised yeah. group. That wasn't me, by the way. <laughs> I'm not organised. Um, so yeah, first aid kit, tick yeah. remover. Something else I'm going to pop on there. Even if you don't use one in your local area, because you know the area and you know it's safe and you know what's around, is take take a long line with you. Yeah. Take a long line. You don't know if uh, there's going to be distractions. You don't know about the local wildlife. Take a long line. Make sure your dog's listening to the recall properly before you just go for it. Don't just let them off the lead and go, oh, I hope that they still respond the same way. Uh, I think the long line is a really great bit of kit. And I I also want to add, they don't need to be longer than five (laughs) metres. Yeah. It, It can be useful if they are longer. It can if be. If they're dragging it. I always find a, a long, long line if they're dragging it. A long, long line if they're dragging it. Yeah, but, but it does get if tangled you're, if you're not careful. But if you're carrying it around, five metre one, yeah, gives between you a lot. five and ten, anything over yeah. ten is expensive. Well, I, my, the, the line I work my dog on is five metre line. Yeah. And I'm happy working on that. It, it can go fine. But I, all my, line all my long tangles. lines are five metres. Yeah. I think anything longer than that, it makes it uncomfortable to carry. I, I do uh, have clients with long lines that are 10 metres for that little extra room but anything over 10 metres yeah, is excessive hard work. if your dog's t- move more than 10 metres away stop it work on uh, stop, stop yeah, it work on that's just a personal and... it's just a personal thing yeah. I really really can't stand long lines that are more than 10 metres I think they're clumsy I think they get tangled I just I find them really frustrating and I thought that would be ideal. I'm sorry, that's me. Is that that work coming in, flying that's, in? That's, from, that's a call about my Eurovision party tonight. Oh! <laughs> yeah, Eurovision time. Eurovision time, we, we feel like we should have mentioned that. that. Oh, Exciting times. <laughs> really annoying. I was down at the arena for the week. Yeah. Where the Eurovision is. And uh, the guy at the time said, once Elton John have cleared out, Eurovision move in for a month. And I was like, ooh. Thinking work, ooh, is that police are doing it? 
police are doing all the exploding and whatnot dogs for the uh, really? for the Eurovision. Yeah, I think this is like a city thing as opposed to a, a private function, as it were. Yeah, they're not hiring the venue, are what, they? The, um, it's like a full. Yeah, the police have got two two their uh, two bomb dogs on social media this week, telling us how they were. Because one was that really old, about ten or something. Oh wow. A spaniel ready for retirement, but doing one last Eurovision. So yeah, would you um, would you have liked to work here? Oh, I'd have loved to have worked it. Yeah. Are you going to watch it? No, because it's awful. It's wonderful. He died when Terry Wogan when Terry Wogan died. Don't be such an old man. Oh come on. Graham does a wonderful job. I think Terry Wogan used to have a couple of sherries too many. Yeah. And do Eurovision, and it's what made Eurovision. It's funny, but Graham is just as funny. He, it, is, it is excellent. And also... You're wrong, of course. No, come yeah, on. No. Don't be such a dinosaur. No. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love... I mean, this... I'm going to... Yeah, this part is going to be Can great. I also ask, why is Australia in it? Because they like it. But they're not in Europe. So, neither are... Um, some of the countries at the... Some of the other non-European countries. At the West. I don't understand why they're in it. If it's not... Oh, on the East. On the East. Is it not just World Song Contest now? They're paying a lot of money to be in it. Yeah. Um, and they like it, and everybody likes them. So. And they're yeah. in the Commonwealth. And keep your nose out, you don't even like it. <laughs> Leave them alone. I know it's not the Commonwealth Song Contest, is it? Leave them alone. Euro. No, Eurovision. no, no. We're, We're not in Europe anymore either, We're so. Part of the European continent, don't be a clan. <laughs> anyway, um, should we go back to dogs? Yeah, all right. So, yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we've talked about prepping for your trip and thinking ahead. Yeah. Thinking, planning. Don't just go, I don't know what, I'll take my dogs to wherever. And, and then, then and arrive and yeah. oh crap, now what? Yeah. We've thought about what you should take. We've thought about um, safe travel. Safe travel and crates and, and stuff. Some kits, including things like tick kits and all that kind of stuff. Um, plans for visits that aren't particularly dog friendly. Maybe find a, a local place to stay. Um, what red flags are we looking for when we're there? What? what what I think sheep that's going to be the big so one. So dog red flags, yeah. So I think we'll do just a little bit on um, dogs with behavioural needs. Yeah. Whether or not the holidays uh, is suitable for those dogs. So yeah, red flags for in the area sheep. Yeah, sheep. Sheep, deer, little woolly buggers. <laughs> yeah, cattle. deer as well. Benton. Deer, the deer in the area, cattle. Yeah. Um, other holiday makers. Mm. So is it a busy, touristy little seaside villa? Even though it's like lots of nice open walks, is it a busy one? There are certain walks, certainly in Scotland, definitely in Wales. If you plan on taking your do dog... Do not. If your dog's not dog-friendly and people-friendly, do Snowden. I was For just example. about to say Snowden. If you, <laughs> if you plan on walking up Snowden, but your dog is both yeah. or either people or dog reactive or unfriendly, consider these, and even though they're outdoors and even though they're nice open walks, you are going to have off-lead dogs yeah. and off-lead people yeah. <laughs> trying to touch Some of these places dog. are just like a queue. It's Snowden all, queue. all through COVID. When, yeah. when COVID, had, the bands had... Yeah, the Can I also say, though, if you are stopped. in Snowdonia... Snowdon is the place where the where you can go as as the tourists go. There are so many places you can walk in, so and they're basically empty because everyone's on Snowdon. It's really 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 sad because everyone's heard of Snowdon. They all went to Snowdon. They all parked really badly, and people got the cars towed away, and it was awful during the the COVID sort of lockdown periods. And then you look at the rest of Snowdon. There's so many nice places to walk. And it's like, don't go just to Snowdon. At least. 
It's actually quite a crap walk. It's not really that good. If you do the Lamberis in the, the Lamberis path, it is boring. But there well, are other paths that you can do. You can do so pick, like, you can do crib golf or something mm. like that. You know that. So not many really nice places around there, woodlands for miles. You know, yeah. just go for a Have walk. Have you been to Aberglesslin? Don't know. Oh my goodness! It's nice. Oh my god! Yeah, so yeah. nice. It's yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Find another one, find another one, quite yeah. one. The other thing to think about as well is that some dogs really thrive on going away because perhaps they are reactive to people, dogs, traffic, motorcycles, lorries, whatever. And you book your little your little bed and breakfast or your little like Airbnb in the middle of nowhere mm. and you've got that deserted Northumberland beach to play on and your dog goes, you know what, all week I sit slightly worried and we go out and I'm always slightly worried on walks and there's cars and we live in a busy road. And this week, there's been you and me and open beaches and no people. We've yeah, not seen yeah. another dog in a week. We've not seen any people in a week. We've just had a really nice time. So sometimes it's a break for the dog as well. Yes, yeah, so it, you know, it could go one of you. If you plan that way. Yeah, yeah. Friends of ours that, that have got um, Widgie Bridge now. Oh, yeah. They took their little reactive staffy to places where there were no people and had relaxing times because yeah. their dog didn't cope particularly well with doggy noisy you know environments i know a, a lady whose uh, dog is so stressed by fireworks that he like will tremble and, and mm. make himself really unwell and so every november they go away to the middle of nowhere yeah that's and it's so relaxing <laughs> yeah and yeah. the dog's just nice and it's chill. The best time. yeah just go away for a couple of weeks either side um and that's when they have their holiday a little yeah. bit friendly holiday somewhere in the middle of nowhere it's lovely so yeah, think about both sides of that. Is it going to be better for your dog or perhaps it's going to be hard work for your dog? Yeah. Perhaps they can cope, perhaps they can't cope. So if you choose not to take your dog, what options do you have? Hmm? Just leave it at home. 20 quid and top of freezer. Like live on takeaways for a week. Do you know, some people do that, so you shouldn't joke. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it. I have to buy all the food in the corner and off I went. <laughs> do you know, once when I, back when I was dog walking... And like, and I used to do. Uh, I used to stay at people's homes, look after them. Yeah, you used to like house it, didn't you? Yeah, I used to do that a few years ago. Um, someone once contacted me asking me if I could do pop-ins while they were away. They wanted once a day uh, to just pop in, feed the dog, let them in the garden for a piss, and come back the next day. And I was like, "All oh, right, yeah, that's fine. Why, uh, you know, are you working, whatever?" It's like, "Oh yeah, we're going away on holiday." And I said, "Oh, so do you have?" are you employing me to do the morning, but you have someone else staying overnight with them? Yeah. Like, what's happening? She was like, no, no, they'll be okay until the next day. And I, I had to I had to turn it down with strong recommendation that she reconsider. Yeah, once a day, that's horrible. Once a day it? in the morning. And, oh, and they were just going to... I mean, imagine I'd have come back the next day and the stuff I'd have had to clean up. Yeah, I mean, that, that just leaves it down to your responsibility to go, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let your dog out, I'll feed them, I'll let them out for a wee, I'll maybe take them for a quick walk. Or oh, I'll be a housekeeper as well. She because... didn't want me to walk them. She didn't, you know, and I was like, what, what, what on earth are you thinking about? But, uh, yeah, don't, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's horrendous. Right, yeah. So, yeah, a plan. I mean, in some instances, I think... I've heard of people spend as much or possibly more on the kenneling. Than the holiday. Than the holiday that the family's had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which terrifies really. I've never left the doing kennels. I don't really intend to. But the thought of it scares me a little bit. And the cost of it terrifies me because I'm quite tight. The thought of it scares me because 
I I know that some dogs are fine there, and some dogs maybe even enjoy it. I disagree. I don't I don't know how they can. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. I hope I to say, but they're they're basically isolated. Yeah. Uh, they go out and they get to run around. They get to play with the staff, but in these big kenneling facilities. They might go out a couple of times a day, but every in between those going out times, they're just in a metal box, yeah. basically. Um, some dogs as well cope with it, and some some not so much. And, and don't get it wrong, some places are really nice. These, some places some dog are hotels Yeah, are I'm, I'm not going to say that they're all. They bad. are high quality and high in welfare. But if your dog is like you say, your well, your dog's quite separation anxiety. Uh, yeah. New dog Lottie, she doesn't like being on her own. No, she hates it. She wouldn't cope. Rocks wouldn't, wouldn't cope at all, which is probably why I've got um, a beer in my bonnet about it. I'm sure there are dogs that are fine or, or cope really well or maybe even enjoy it um, and enjoy the edge. Some dogs just like being on their own, don't yeah. they? So I guess yeah, that's absolutely. fine for them. But I think... I mean, like Dennis, we were talking about Yeah, earlier. Dennis would be fine. Dennis would be absolutely fine in a kennel. He prefers to be in a kennel than yeah. in with the other dogs. And as the five freedoms of animal welfare say, you should provide... Um, friends or not provide friends whichever yeah. the case may be with the animal uh, and in Dennis's case nine times out of ten he prefers to be on his own um, so I guess it depends on what they like but, but um, yeah I, don't just think oh, I'll book a kennel I'll get your dog used to kennels maybe let them stay overnight see mm-hmm. how they cope rather than going yeah I'll book him in for a fortnight and find, get a gibbering wreck so I've I would, got mine uh, I always remember bringing we once went to pick Mike's dog up when Mike had Harry and we picked him up from the kennels and the kennel politely said Never bring him back. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because he managed to escape. I think they got like kennels that were like, like ten feet tall and got a netted roof, and they managed to escape out of the kennel wow. numerous times. They had to keep rescuing him from their dog run, and that would be Roxy. And they basically said, "Never bring him back. We we don't really want him again." Yeah. Um, yeah. Roxy so, would Roxy would find her way out of a padded jail cell. Expose your dog to kennels <laughs> carefully and make sure your dog can cope. Because what you don't want is to be sat in your Holiday accommodation in Spain, they're dogging kennels, and on day three, the kennel ringing and go, Your dog's not coping. Yeah. You need to come and pick it up. He's eating the, his way through the door, and you're sat in Tenerife going, Whew, how do we sort this out then? Because, yeah, that's, that's awkward, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, costings as well, like we're saying. And we'll just look, had a quick look on the, the good kennel guide, and they reckon boarding average cost 17 to 29 pounds a day. Now, these figures might be a little bit adrift. A dog hotel, 25 to 48. In-home, 20 to 27. And luxury, 50 pounds a day plus. So for my wow. two, for my two to be boarded in the boarder's home yeah. is plus 40. Yeah. Plus 40 quid um, per day. Yeah. That they're boarded. So if I go away for a couple of days, we're looking at probably the same cost as my holiday. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. A couple of friends of mine, when we... When we finished the, the degree course, they set up home boarding. Um, and they were fantastic at it. They got everything set up. They got the welfare sorted. And they, they really catered for the animals' needs. But, like I say, not cheap. But uh, you don't want it to be cheap because you want them to be taking it seriously. And yeah. and in order to take it seriously, the people that are boarding your animals have to be able to make a living yeah. doing that. 
Because if they're charging cheap, it means they also need to go and have another job, which means that they're leaving your dogs in, yeah. which you might, you know, leaving the you dogs at well home. You might as well leave them at yeah. home. The or, other option is to get somebody to come in and sit in with them, uh, in-house pet sitter. I think the, yeah, the preference for most people is to have a friend stay at the house, isn't it? Or send them off to your parents or send them to a mate's house for the weekend. I... I regularly have done that in the past when I've needed to get away. But I tell you why that's stressful is that your friends or your parents that are looking after your dogs are not professionals. And so if you've got a dog with behavioural needs, which I do have, it can make the situation really hard. So with Roxy, for example, I struggle to leave her with friends. And luckily for me, uh, the person who had her last weekend understood this and was wonderful and never left her, is if if they wanted to like nip to the shop, for example, or nip out, even though I can do this now, if she's in a new house, yeah, the, she's gui- going with, she? the guilt that yeah. I would have if they broke, if she broke their house. Yeah. And yeah, I don't come, think she would. Come back and find that door frame just, hanging around the neck. Yeah, I got out. I, can, co- I can cope if it's my stuff that gets like destroyed, yeah. but imagine like if she, if she like broke a window. <laughs> Yeah. Which she's done in the past. I was saying earlier, wasn't I? She's gone through three windows in various yeah. cars of mine. Um, separation anxiety is no joke. But um, yeah, if someone's having her, it means that it means their loss of freedom. Mm. So I'd rather pay someone. Yeah, you've got to pay somebody for that for all their time, haven't you? For that that period of time, time. your dog stayed, they've got to be recompensed for the whole time. The whole time, it's 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 an, like an hourly rate, you know. That Which starts to make fifty quid for a couple of dogs look cheap. Yeah, it does. Really? It's cheap, really. If yeah. you want them there permanently for mm-hmm. every single hour of the day, you you'd be looking at a lot more money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think good dog borders are um, like gold dust. Yeah, I'll uh, get some good friends. We've got. Dogs. I'll get some good friends, but hopefully, I found a really good one. So I'm excited. They're yeah. having a trial night next weekend. Cool. Um, we're we're dog boarding this summer. For, are you for Widgeon? Are you? Yeah. Do you, want my, to, do you want my two? She's coming to Wales with us. Oh. She's going on holiday. She's going to have a, a nice little holiday with, with a gang. She met the gang last weekend. Yeah. Uh, and had a nice play with them. So we know they all get on. So. Uh, Will you take mine with you? Oh, yeah, take them all. Take them all. You'll have, what's that, 11 dogs? Oh, several. I think <laughs> eight, including wages, nine, ten, including yours. Ten. You can take mine to Wales with you anytime. I'd love it. Yeah. Roxy wouldn't. Yeah. Just tip them all in the cars, take them to the beach, let them have a run. <laughs> Drink some seawater. Um, so, yeah, I think we've, we've, we've covered most things, I think, now. We've, we've looked at, like, you know, things to worry about, red flags. The other thing is, as well, and this 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 applies to one of my dogs because it made me think about it. Um, when you get to that Airbnb or that place that you stay in, that cottage, <laughs> that log cabin, whatever, remember your dog's are used to home. They're not used to someone else's home necessarily. So, for example, one of the places we went to stay, it was an old, old, old building, um, old traditional building with stone floors and stone walls and it was all stone flagged and, you know, occasional rug. And Ted, who was normally pretty good in the house, looked at it and went, looked at me and went, Dad, I'm not sure this is inside or outside. It looks a little bit like outside because it's kind of got paving slabs and, <laughs> and had a wee. And my father-in-law wasn't impressed. Uh, so, yeah, when you get there, don't be surprised if your dog goes, I don't really understand this. He's got, like I say, stone floors, maybe wooden floors, no carpet. And your dog thinks, well, I'm not allowed to pee on carpet, but everything else is fair game. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, 
Which is why socialization with different textures and floorings and things like that is overlooked, but it is so important. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if other behavioral issues pop up because your dog goes, I don't even know how to cope here. Mm. You know, maybe at home you've got uh, a kitchen, a utility, a lounge, a dining room, several bedrooms, stairs, a landing that your dog can snooze or nap on. And then you book an Airbnb, which has got a bedroom and a lounge kitchen. Mm-hmm. And your dog goes, where, where do I go? Where do, I don't really know where to go. I want some downtime away from you lot. And so suddenly they can't really cope. Yeah. They don't really understand. Uh, no, I agree. I agree completely. And book, take lots of blankets as well, blankety throws, because then you can put them over furniture, like saying earlier, and <laughs> keep them looking clean and not looking like they're covered in And then at hair. the end of the holiday, just bundle them all into bundle a plastic them, bag. Chuck them in a bag, yeah, chuck them yeah. in both to the car, right. take them out and wash them. But we used to stay to B&B when I did my degree, uh, and she used to just cover the whole room, because she knew we'd got dogs, a dog-friendly B&B, but she knew what we were like. Uh, and she just covered everything in old like curtains and sheets. Yeah. So you walk into your accommodation and the whole carpet and the bed were covered in old sheets. And the dog could stroll in and could flop down on the floor, have a relax after a long day at college doing whatever we're doing. And there were no worries. But if it, if you'd walk back in and, and gone, oh, God, I've got to keep it. And, oh, don't go on that. Whoa, don't go on that. Oh. Yeah, you the know, amount of dogs jumping work. on the sofas and you go, no, yeah. no, no, get down. So if, if yeah. you do go to one of these places, just take a stack of old, like, whatever you've got, dust sheets, curtains, old bedding, Draping off everything, and suddenly you've not got to worry. Yeah. If your dog comes in with muddy feet from being outside having a, a tinkle, you're safe. Yeah, perfect. You're all, you're all good. And make sure that they know you've got a dog coming, don't just turn up. <laughs> Choose a dog friendly accommodation. Yeah. They'll I mean, never know. They'll never know. How would they possibly find out? And so there's poor prints on the door. <laughs> Claw marks on the door for it. Yeah. So I think that pretty much covers it, doesn't it? I think that covers it extensively. Yeah, uh, can't yeah. think of anything else we've not really spoken about. Um, yeah, take plenty of stuff, plan ahead, think about the eventualities, plan for them. Most important thing? Have a good time. Have fun! Yeah, have fun, get your dog to those beaches. They always check that where the beaches are allowed, what's dog-friendly and what's yeah, dog, yeah. not dog-friendly. Quite often beaches are friendly one way when you go on the beach, and then the other way, not dog-friendly. Mm. Um, the beach where we were near in Wales. That's like that. In season, you can't go that way, but you can go that way. Yeah. Um, and I think most people, by and large, do as well. There were some people complaining the other day when the, uh, the internet forums and going, oh, you know, dogs getting on the wrong side of the beach. But I think, by and large, when we've been on there, most people are sensible, they're dog friendly. Clear up after themselves, take poo bags. <laughs> yeah. Recommendation if you do go on holiday, recommendation. Dicky bags. Have you seen dicky bags? You know yes. dicky bags, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So they're uh, airtight little yeah. containers. Like little, put made of neoprene, in. aren't they? Yeah. Like a little neoprene bag with a little carabiner on. Hang them on the back of your belt and buy an appropriate size one because come in different sizes. So if you've got a great day and don't get like extra small. Um, and then you get your poo bag, you put your poo in its poo bag, you tie a knot in it and then you stick it in your dicky bag and it... It's kind of airtight and smell-proof. sits on your belt, and then you can empty it in a bin when you get back to the car park. But it does mean you're not swinging a bag full of poo around as you walk down the beach. Especially really. in places where you're hiking and there's no bins. Yeah. I mean, some places like beaches, you know, you can, you can walk two, three miles down a beach sometimes, and mm. there's no bins until you get back to the sort of parking area where the ice cream van is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, if Dickie Bag, if you want to sponsor us, give us a hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> for us on uh, our usual social medias and took us a few quid um but yeah well worth it 
well worth it. Yeah, I think that's about it, isn't it, really? I think let's wrap it up. Right, we'll leave it there. So that's it for another episode. Ian, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, where can we where can we contact you? Um, they can find me, uh, email me, ian at kaylensolution.com or anywhere on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. We've got Kayline Solution on Facebook. We've got Havoc and Chaos on Facebook. We've got Havoc and Chaos on Instagram. Um, and if you look at the Canine Sol on TikTok, you can see some of the videos and stuff that we post on there with the Havoc and Chaos theme. What about you, Sam? If you want to get in contact, you can email me at fetchclubinfo at gmail.com or you can find me at fetchclubofficial.co.uk. I'm also fetchclubofficial on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Thanks. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Bye, guys.